What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mixtapes. Been on a kind of a hiatus because, unfortunately, uh, some dickbag hacked my Facebook and Instagram, but I'm back, and uh, we are going to be reviewing the new Metallica record with some surprises. So stick with it, because it's not going to be all about Metallica today, I promise. Soccer moms, you're in for a treat. Bredo's in the house. And, uh, What's up, soccer moms? That's right. I couldn't leave out my other best friend, T. T is in the house. What's up, T? What's What's up, everybody? Hey, so I made these guys listen to the Metallica, the new Metallica album, 70, 72 Seasons, and uh, we're going to talk about it, and I'm throwing them a curveball that they don't even know. They didn't even know they were going to be on the show together today, so uh, we got surprises today. Um, so first thing I wanted to say um, as we talk about this record is – it's not going to be a Metallica bashing session. Um, we are going to definitely give our thoughts on the record. Um, I respect Metallica greatly. They're in their late late fifties, early sixties. I think still late fifties, and they're still putting out music. Um, they're not doing the cash grab legacy act bullshit. So I do definitely um, respect the hell out of them for for still trying to create music. I do like what they do with um with their fans where they release a lot of audio and video and um i feel like they're i feel like they're a good metal band that still tries to keep an ear to the ground to their fans that being said we're in for a doozy today um but the curveball will be sometime in the middle of the show neither one of these gentlemen know about the curveball at all so let's start off with you bredo um why don't you give me your initial thought of the record well let me just start off by saying that this band in my opinion i agree with you i totally respect everything about the band um they've more than earned the right to do whatever the hell they want to do in the studio uh besides they, lulu no lulu you know what even do some lulu that whatever <laughs> it sucks but they've got the right to do that they've more than earned it they've got my respect however and we'll get into this a little bit further if we're doing track by track or as we talk about it it just it seems like a they're still missing cliff i mean 35 years later they miss cliff and it's just it's shown in every album since he passed um his creativity his drive um the best part of this album to me is robert being given a showcase he he drives every song. They turn them up. Thank God. I mean, they've kept them up. He's got some solo bass parts in there that I was, my jaw hit the floor. I'm, I was excited about that. Um, but I mean, it felt like they were reaching back to kind of recapture some black album along the way. And it all, this album shares some of the black album flaws. Like we talked about way, way back in the early days of the pod about the black album. It felt like it was too long. This song, this album feels the same way. It's about three to four songs, maybe more too long. And there's just a lot of filler there. Metallica's filler is better than a lot of other bands, like primary output, but it just feels like they could have done better and made a tighter album. This album, this album, this band, seldom have they needed an editor or a really good uh, A&R guy as badly as they did on this album. Man, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said there. I'll, I'll be really honest with you. The Cliff thing, I'm so on board with you. I feel like one thing that 
a lot of people don't mention that I think is super important is the harmonies changed once Cliff passed away. Um, you can hear the difference between the master puppet harmonies. Um, and when I mean harmonies, I'm talking about guitar harmonies, not vocal harmonies. And, um, you know, justice. And then black, obviously. But you can tell, you know, that there was a big influence in Cliff and songwriting. And, and Cliff knew music theory rather well. Um, so that that's a big thing. T, um, your initial thought on the record. I agree with everything that Bredo said. I f really respect this band. Um, I'm not the biggest Metallica fan. And so I might come at this a little bit differently. Um, I completely agree that this album is way too long. Um, in fact, that was in my notes for this album. That was the first thing I put down was this album is too long. And then um, I compared the time of this album to the times of all the other Metallica studio albums. And it is uh, the third longest. Is so, just is Justice the first longest? Probably not because it was it, that was when CDs, I don't think, were 72 minutes long. Yes, that, you're, you're, exact, you're exactly right. Load was the longest. Okay. Load and then Hardwired and then this one. Okay, interesting. Which, which kind of, when I, was, when I was thinking about the time of this album, uh, when I first, I, so I looked at it the time of the album when, when I first was listening to it, I'm like, holy smokes, this thing's 72 minutes. And then I, or it turned out to be 77. Um, and then I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I bet that the length of this album, and then I was thinking that the length of their albums may have coincided with the popularity of, of CDs. Um, so that was the first thing I wrote down. Um, I thought Lars was good. I, and, and this may have to do with the production. I listened to this album um, the first two times on um, headphones while I was running, and I could hear Lars really well. And then I find out that he's one of the producers. So I was like, oh, well, I wonder what that means. But um, <laughs> I, I thought he was good. I thought that I heard some kind of throwback thrash beats. Um, the one I, I wrote down was the beginning of Screaming Suicide. Um, I thought that was really good. I did, um, there, I did have a com uh, comparison to the Black Album. I did hear the Black Album in it. Um, overall, I thought it was a Metallica album. Um, I thought good it was, call, dude. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was too long. I thought it could have been cut here and there. It's, it's, it's a lot, it was a lot to digest the first time I listened to it. Um, but that being said, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was all right. I mean, it, I don't think it's in the top three, but I think it was, it, it was a good, it was a good album. Now here's something cool. I'm still not going to give away the secret. Um, I'm make all of our listeners listen a little bit longer, but just from our statements from you two gentlemen, um, I think I'm I think I'm going to hit gold in this podcast because there's a question that I've been racking my brain about, and I think we're going to get there on this question. I think the listeners are going to be really excited to listen to what we have to say, and also like think to themselves on what they are okay i'm not going to give anything else away on that let's talk about the record um i kind of agree with both you guys it's way too long and i think uh, you are right t back in the old days when there was lps and and cassettes you know which is now the new hip thing again um most bands had eight nine songs you know and then as we started to be able to put more length onto 
you know, th- releases, I felt like bands almost felt like it was their duty to put 11, 12, 13, 16 songs on an album, you know. And obviously, we're not talking about punk rock bands that could do two, three-minute songs like the Ramones and stuff like that. We're talking about just rock, metal, you know. We can do go other styles, too, but mostly it was eight, nine songs on a record. And then it started to go further, right? I feel like this record and a friend of mine, Jim, said to make a really good EP. <laughs> and I was like, you know, Jim, you're not really wrong, man, the more I thought about it. Um, I thought the first song was a really good opener. And, and the singles... The the first single, um, the Luxaterna, if I if I pronounce it right, excuse me if I didn't, it's it's definitely not spelled in, in a way that I understand. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I, I felt like it was, what if we had a kill 'em all song that we forgot that we had, but we re recorded it now, as the Metallica we are now. That's what that song reminded me of. It, it gave me that like. Okay, good try at Kill 'em All, you know. Um, but then some of the other tracks that were released as singles, because I believe there was four singles released, um, I started kind of getting a little excited, and I was like, "Am I gonna like a Metallica record again? Like, it's been a long time since I've liked a Metallica record. I've liked bits and pieces of things, but I was like, am I really gonna like a Metallica record again?'" Um, and I think that opener's killer. Um, very black justice for me sounding, which I don't mind. I mean, I'm not a big just I'm black fan. I like justice. Um, masters, my favorite rides, my second, um, but justice was an important record for me. And I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of rad. Um, and I feel like the album starts off strong. Uh, we'll just go, we'll go. I'll just ask each one of you guys that way we can keep it concise. Uh, Bredo thoughts on the first track or two um well the the first track in particular made me really think that had they released this album 28 years ago people would have lost their collective minds this mm-hmm. would have been exactly what people wanted and it's it feels uh, there's a lot of groove into it uh like the the droning guitar and like some reload era sounding guitars kind of follow it at the beginning but it it sounds like um, it's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of leftover parts from the last 30 years or so. And not necessarily in a bad way because they form it together in, in what is one of the best tracks on the album. Um, I'm sure we're coming back to Kirk, so I'm going to kind of step <laughs> sidestep that one. <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah. There's, there's much more to say there, but you know, it just, it feels to me like um, it was, appropriately metallica feeling and you can't say the same thing about every um post reload album we'll just we'll we'll go there now you're not you're not wrong t your thoughts i thought the first song was solid um i thought it was it was i was a little surprised because um i didn't i, I think this was, was this was the fourth song fourth, fourth single released and I didn't, I caught the first three, but I didn't catch it when they released the single. I just heard it for the first time today. Um, I thought I was excited. Um, I thought it sounded really good. I thought it was a little long, um, but I really loved the sound of it. I thought I I was like you, I was, I was excited when I heard it. I was like, well, this, this might be pretty good. Yeah, I agree. And, and as the record goes on for me personally, um, the, the first things that I start noticing is, Kurt 
doesn't sound like he really he sounds like he's really mailing it in in my opinion he's um my 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 second notes on shadows follow is a good try kirk sigh that's that's what i wrote and then for screaming suicide i put still hanging in there kurt sounds like he's mailing it in so many licks that he's used over and over again for the last 30 years um and as i go down more and more I'm starting to hear how uh, it's we're getting into this this tempo that seems to be the same. And then I say in the You Must Burn song, someone take the wah away from Kirk. So we're four songs in. Uh, or is that four songs? Yeah. We're four, five songs in, and i am had enough of Kirk already. Um, now, I am a guitar player. I am a guitar teacher. So... Um, he's going to drive me a little more nuts than you two guys. Um, but, uh, let's, let's start with big T, um, your thoughts as we're running down this record. Um, I thought shadows follow was okay. It was a letdown from the first track, but I thought it was okay. Um, screaming suicide. I couldn't handle the tone from the beginning. Um, and, but what I, the good one, the good thing I liked about that was the percussion. I love the the bass, the bass drum in that at the beginning of that song. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just because I was out running when I was first listening to it, but I heard that and I was like, whoa, this is this is pretty good. Um, in fact, I think when the single came out and I heard it the first time, I, that was the first thing that I heard then as well. Um, so I, I liked that part, but yeah, the guitar tone, not so much. Um, I thought You Must Burn was this album, Sad But True. Dude, um, I said the same thing. I said sad but true vibes. Yeah, I when I heard it the first time, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, this is the album sad but true. Um, it just sounded, and it sounded similar too. Like the the lyrical pattern sounded the same. The the melody sounded the same to me, and I, I was like, okay, well, are you taking the black album and just rehashing it now? Because that was kind of a disappointment to me. I think it was a missed opportunity. Um, Sleepwalk my life away. I like I like that. That wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. E. It was. It starts off like this really like high level, and then it just starts to kind of go on the down downside there. I don't. I don't disagree. Bredo, thoughts? Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so, um, one of my actual notes from listening to this is. Um, I came back to this a few different times because I thought it was a, a good line that the Crybaby Express has derailed. <laughs> um, for, for those of you who aren't aware, it's, uh, he plays a Crybaby Wah, and boy, the Wah is just... I know he uses it as a crutch, and I know it does cover up some of his deficiencies as a soloist. And, you know, I get it. It's It's kind of become his hallmark his cross to bear over the years and you know we we all expect the wa to show up we don't expect the wa to come barreling through like a freight train and running over everything else in the song especially when he doesn't have the dexterity to keep up anymore every every other solo on this album it feels like he's missing notes like he just starts to lag behind and he stops and there's like a gap in the solo where he then has to pick back up and like when he's going on these arpeggio runs, they just aren't keeping up to the point where it, it 
I know he doesn't because I listened to it a few times and I've I've heard the notes, but it sounds like he's missing notes in the solo, like he's skipping over something to try to keep up and catch up. Um, there's an expiration date on Kirk as a soloist, and I believe he is past that as far as new stuff. He might be able to play the older stuff just fine because he's been doing it for so long, but I just I don't think that what he did on this album shows that he's able to create like he used to it almost feels like and I, man if anyone remotely famous listens to this i might get a ton of shit or i might get a grievance it almost feels like he just didn't give a fuck about playing on this record and just because there's times where i heard this and i was like it sounds like if you had a, a student that had been playing for two years and said hey i want you to jam over this metallica track and try to sound like kurt hammett is what it kind of sounded like at times. Literally, it sounded like he was like not happy, and he just kind of did whatever on the record. And I could be totally wrong. And like, and I, look, another disclaimer, obviously. And this is something that goes around on the internet a lot, right? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna get the oh, well, what have you done? How many platinum records have you sold? Blah 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 blah. Right? And yeah, obviously the answer is zero, right? But I think when you put art out, art can be critiqued. You know what I mean? And 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 we're using constructive criticism to a degree. I think we're being a little hard on Kurt, but unfortunately, I think at the same time, like, how do you not? I've I've looked at a lot of the reviews on on this album, just people, not, you know, not famous people reviewing it, just like, you know, random people. And in the beginning, it seemed like a lot of people were like into the record. And then you start kind of seeing more people saying almost kind of like what we're saying. It's almost like you know, people. I think people root for Metallica. You know what I mean. And then they want they want it to they want it to be like the old stuff. And I don't think it'll ever be like the old stuff. I don't think you can do that. I don't think anybody can do that, right? I mean, no. I, I never wanted a sequel to Master of Puppets. I didn't want this to be that. I, I don't start the next new Metallica album expecting to hear you know that sort of stuff again. I'm excited, genuinely excited about what they do that's new because they have impressed me over the years and like i said at the beginning nothing but respect for the band i think that this is more of just age catching up to them and you can't play like you used to forever that's just how it goes man we're just we're all getting older um if kirk mailed it in he forgot the stamp is what i'm saying <laughs> i think you forgot the stamp that's such uh, a good line years ago. <laughs> um i tell you though i'm really impressed with james on this record vocally Yes, I, I did like James's vocals on this record for the most part. I really did. Like, that's one thing that was lacking for me on previous Metallica releases where I felt like during the Black Album, he started to sing more. Thanks, Bob Rock. But it just kind of missed the mark for me. And then he was trying to find his old voice and it was kind of missing the mark. The St. Anger record, which I call basically, I know you call it Stranger Without the RT. Um, I like to call it the Midlife Crisis Metallica record. Um, unfortunately, but this this record, I did like James vocals on a lot of the songs. I really did. I, I it was much better from a performance standpoint. It fit they fit the song all, songs a whole lot better than like a lot of the singing more melodic stuff that he'd been doing for years. But it also showed that he can't reach down and growl like Kill 'Em All era like he used to. He doesn't have the gravel that he used to, and maybe that's sobriety. Maybe that's you know not. I think it's, it's age. Just age. Yeah. It, 
it's any number of things, but it just, it's a highlight of what could have been, like you said, nice try. It was, it's really cool to a degree, but it also highlights to me kind of a deficiency that they just can't recapture. See, I I really, go ahead. Sorry. I really liked his vocals on Lux Eterna. I thought that was really, I thought that was good. Um, Probably the best vocals that he did on the record. in my opinion. Yeah, it was, it was like, I, I found myself like moving my head and going, yeah, let's go, let's go. Um, and getting behind the the whole thing. Um, I, I kind of, I, I agree with you. I, th- I thought his vocals were pretty good uh, on this album overall. Um, I chalked, I, when, when you talk about the growl and, and all that stuff, I just chalked that up to age though. Um, and, and, you know, my, my 60, 60 year old Hetfield isn't, I don't expect him to sound the same as, as 30 year old Hetfield for sure. No, I agree. And, you know, the hard thing about it too is, um, and I can speak a little bit about this, so Metallica starts in, I think, 82 or 83. Um, I don't think any of them thought they would have a career into 2023. I think you're fooling yourself if you think that. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of bands even from, like, I mean, really think about this, okay? We're all in our 40s. Did we ever think we'd still see the Rolling Stones playing shows or Paul McCartney playing shows in 2023? You know, I'm th- those people didn't think, there's a whole new generation now, right, obviously, but those people didn't think that they were going to be playing those songs for 40, 50 years. And I think with Metallica, it's the same type of thing. Like you, you, you know, I think James's most aggressive vocals where they were harnessed in a good way too, was, is that master justice era of Metallica. And I just think he sounds fucking killer on that stuff, but you're looking at what, I mean, 37, 30, 34, what, 37, 34 years in between? I mean, that's a long time. And and Metallica did a lot of shows, man. They toured a lot. And keeping up with your vocals and who knows how much he took care of his voice. We all know about his substance abuse problems and things like that. Those things don't help your voice. Um, but I was really presently surprised with his vocals. I liked him a lot. Um, going through the record a little bit more, because I'm going to drop the surprise here in a second, but... Um, Crown of Bob Wire, I, I put album tempos are starting to sound the same. Nothing standing out on this tune. Chasing Light is very death magnetic sounding. There's a little bit of death magnetic on this record. Magnetic, excuse me. Um, I like the chances that James was taken vocally in the chorus. Um, I also wrote, I'm just skipping Kirk's solos now. <laughs> uh, if Darkness had a son, strong chorus, another death magnetic sounding song. Um, another good vocal performance from James skipping Kirk again. I put in parentheses. I've listened three times to the record, so I've heard the leads twice, um, twice too many, probably. Sorry, Kirk. Um, and then and you I, know what? To, to, I'm sorry. To, yeah. to touch on that real quick. Um, I put in my notes for chasing light that there are moments when Kirk remembers that the wah is a punctuation of emphasis and those moments fit really well into the songs. But, and then I, Close it out with for the most part that i'm becoming convinced that the wah has been surgically attached to his foot and he needs it to walk much less play guitar <laughs> like our like our good friend tom um from pillars of creation little shout out um cracked me up when we did that show in vegas and on the wah pedal it's he put on the wah pedal in white um hit me to sound like hammett which Made me laugh because it's the God's honest truth. Um, 
The other thing too is uh, you don't have to play double stops in every song, Kurt, because that was another thing that was driving me absolutely bonkers. Where it was like, I just felt like, oh, I've heard that lead on a master uh, on a master puppet song. Oh, I've heard that lead in a kill 'em all song. Like to the point where I'm like, oh my god, this is almost like note for note. Like that's what makes me wonder. I mean, I will never have Kirk on the show because he would never come on a small time show like this. But I really would like to pick his mind in a way where I mean, probably the conversation would have to be off the record. But I'd be really interested to kind of get inside of his head on on this record and and how much involvement or not involvement did he have? Um, T, as we're going through more of this, any more thoughts on on? The, the the second half of this record for the most part um i thought if darkness had a sun like you said i thought it was a good a, a good effort there um i liked inamorata um just way too long okay hold on hold on for that one because we're saving that one okay yeah um but i thought the second half of the album i didn't know if it was so lux eterna got me excited like oh okay maybe they're gonna come back and Maybe the second half of the album is gonna be really slamming, and, and I'll be ready. And there were there were times that it was, uh, but it's just kind of flatlined after Lux Eterna for me. I completely agree with you. And however you pronounce that last song, can you pronounce it again? Because I had no idea how to pronounce it. I, I call it Inamorata. I don't even know if that's right. Well, you, that. yeah, that, you guys, I, you guys are more schooled than I am with both degrees. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take your words on it. Um, that tune is the 11 minute song closer. Um, and it starts off very doomy, and I got so excited. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yep. wow, are they really going to go there? And then it goes into this mid-tempo drive thing that kind of killed the vibe for me. This is the one song I really did not like James' vocals on. Um, I felt like it didn't fit the music. Um, I, I feel like, like I talked about earlier in, in this episode, that's the problem I have with load, especially saying anger on, where I just didn't, didn't care for James vocals on a lot of the stuff. Um, Is it because he says misery 187 times? <laughs> well, if it would have been 188, then we would have had a total problem. But holy smokes, I thought I was I was I thought it was the Black Album again. It's kind of cliched some of the lyrics on mm-hmm. this record too. The whole funeral yeah. pyre thing. I mean, that's been said a million times. Um, I also lost my mind on this one about the wall and the double stops i said please kirk stop and try something different uh, <laughs> i said this tune is sinking like the titanic had a lot of promise uh anyone care to to give me the comments on this last tune yes <laughs> you may proceed sir um you know i'm just going to read this out because in honor of the 11 minute album closer i'm going to read all my notes on this because why not? It's going to be 11 minutes. It's long. going to be 11 minutes in those. So if you have to take a pee break right now is the time. Yeah. Push pause. Uh, <laughs> soccer moms control your bladders. It's coming. <laughs> I'm not even going any further on that one. Continue. That, that's enough. No, that's enough. <laughs> um, before even starting the song, I wondered if we needed 11 more minutes of this to close the album. Are they doing justice things for the sake of doing justice things? Nope. They're doing load things. Another mid tempo song, more of the same. There was a nice little halftime bridge section before dropping another load-sounding chorus. Uh, lyrically, they're doing the song sequel thing. Uh, this one's a sequel to My Friend of Misery rather than Unforgiven Part 37. Um, solo pops around, and I thought maybe 
our boy Ernie C jumped in to do a secret cameo because tone and album, uh, tone and note selection were screaming the C man. Shout out body count. Shout out Ice T if you're listening. Give him a early play. early body count. You know what? Even late body count. Come on, Ice, bring another album. We need it. Uh, and then uh, the Crybaby Express crashed and burned the first half of the solo. Uh, Kirk does Ernie C proud with the god awful mess in the second half. Um, really liked the bass solo part, but along came Seductive James. <laughs> oh. and, <laughs> That's so good. Um, Eric, you need to explain Seductive James before I finish trashing this. Okay, real quick. Uh, I was listening to Dawkins under lock and key on a bike ride one morning. And uh, I couldn't stop laughing on how many times Don gets all seductive. Um, like in It's Not Love and The Hunter and literally almost crashed my bike into the Truckee River. I couldn't stop laughing. And people must have thought I was crazy on my bike laughing to, you know, the, the spoken word, you know, and, and It's Not Love. And then the, I'm the hunter, you know, all this magic stuff. So. So I had um, I had labeled Don Dawkins seductive Don on that record. So uh, continue with your seductive James because I was right there with you on that. By the way, yeah, and that just that totally wrecked the really cool bass solo part. Um, after that, to me, it sounded like what Metallica would sound like if they covered some obscure, unreleased 1977 Eagles tune. Wow. <laughs> Uh, seriously li- listen to it from that perspective think wow. about it because the way they harmonize the guitars just the way they sound it sounds like late 70s eagles via metallica wow right and then they they go back into the chorus the second solo is kirk following his worst instincts um song is about three times as long as it needed to be kind of like these comments um it would have to me, it's like what would have happened if Load Era Metallica was recorded with a Justice Era mentality, but not in a way that sounds cool. It just, it, it's a terrible way to end the album, and it makes you happy that it just finally ends. Now, yeah. uh, hold on, come on back in, everybody from the bathroom break. Um, do you agree with me that the beginning was pretty rad, though? The beginning was cool. And I was hoping it would go to better places, but then they just went right back into that same mid-tempo crap that they've been playing all album. Like I think Lars seriously had like three different drum beats. He had fast, he had slow, and then he had the rest, which is all the same mid-tempo crap. You know, you're not wrong, man. There's a lot of mid-tempo on this record. T, any thoughts on this last song? Um, No, I think you guys all pretty much covered it in the last 11 minutes. But I, you know what, going back to how long the album was, this, I too was frustrated at this point because when I looked down and saw that this song was 11 minutes long, I'm, I, I, the first thought through my mind was, haven't I had enough already? And like, keep in mind, I like, I, I thought the song was okay, but, um, you could have thrown this as onto a, a B side of a single for all I cared or something, because you would have needed two B sides. Yeah. Or, or an EP or something. Right. <laughs> and, and that's what got me thinking about the, the times of the albums. Now you guys ready for the curveball? Bring it ready. All right. Listeners, are you ready for the curveball? So 
Yes, Eric. Okay, good. So <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down something, a question I had in my head. And, and besides these guys being my best friends, I wanted to bring them onto the show because I kind of knew this would set it up. T has no musical experience. Bredo has some musical experience. I'm a guitar teacher, essentially a professional guitar player. Not signed, but I've, I've done enough stuff. Hint, hint, um, sign this man. Please, that would be wonderful. Okay, mm -hmm. so here's my point being. I started thinking about this at my kids' Little League game because they have every kid has walk-up music, which is go absolutely Yankees. hysterical. Yes, go Reno Yankees. They all have walk-up music, right? And it's like Crazy Train, Highway to Hell, um, Back in Black, um, uh, Boys Are Back in Town, a, a bunch of stuff, right? And I started thinking, I'm like, would... 48-year-old me like Highway to Hell compared to 11-year-old me when I first heard it. And, I re and it was funny because I'm just sitting there thinking, which is hysterical. I'm coaching third base and I'm thinking about stuff like this. And I'm going, you know what? I don't think I would. And it was a really interesting conversation I was having with myself that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's the reason why I had both you guys on today. Do am I harder on music and listening because of all the years I've played music, I've I've been in studios, I've written music. Am am I listening not with the ears that I would listen to music when I first started listening to music before I played an instrument? So I want to have both you guys on to debate this because I'm really curious about hearing other people's perspectives. So T, the interesting thing was you didn't talk much about anything technical because mm -hmm. you wouldn't know how to because you don't play the instrument. And a lot of the stuff that you said came from a different vantage point. Showing a little OVP love there. Um, vantage point of you listening with different ears because you don't play an instrument. Now, Bredo, you do play. Um, and you've done some stuff for sure, but you're like in the middle between us, right? And it's like, I wonder how much that affects your ear too. So I'll start with you, T. Um, what do you think about that little bombshell I dropped? I think that if you're not listening to music differently, then that would be i think we would have i don't want to say we'd have an issue but i would expect you to 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 listen to music different than than i do for that that exact reason um and and i don't think it makes it wrong or right it's just that's how your that's how your ear is and so you know i don't have i like look i i too got tired of kirk solos i mean there was a point where i i pretty much ignored them you know i'd be like oh James is done singing up. Oh, here's a solo. I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing for the next three minutes. Okay. I'm back, you know, and I kind of tuned it out in a way, but um, no, I, I think that, I think your statement is very valid. Do, do I think you're harder on music? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think you just listen to it different, but what, what, where I gain an advantage from, from this podcast and from you, you to your guys's knowledge is you help me, listen to music differently. And I know when I listen to this album again, cause I'll listen to it again. I'll look for things that you guys have said 
will it make me like the album or dislike the album more? I don't know. I, I, have, I have to listen to it first. But um, I think your statement, Eric, is is very fair. I think is very valid. And, um, you know, if you are harder on it, it's because you know more about it. I, I You know what? Interesting points for sure. Bredo. I, I think you're pretty much spot on. Um, my perspective is I really have to, I, I'm lucky in the sense that I have a foot in both worlds. I'm able to turn off the musician part and just listen and see how it sounds, how it hits me because, you know, I'm not as talented and skilled as you are. And I really have to focus on trying to break down how it is, how it sounds musically or how it's put together or, um, any of the so-called technical stuff that I might know um, or might think I know, or might just you know talk square out of my ass about. I, I, I really have to focus and listen for those things. I, it's like, I almost want that foot in the door that you have, you know what I mean? Like I almost want to have both feet, you know, because for me, I was thinking more to myself, like, man, am I missing out more on music because I analyze it too much? when I should just like turn my fucking brain off and listen to the songs, but I can't seem to do that anymore. And I feel like the longer I teach, the longer I play less impresses me. And I'm not saying that in an egotistical way. I'm saying it just more in like, it just, it doesn't. And is that because of all the years I've been playing? Is that because the stuff that's coming out now just doesn't grab me? Is that because, your your main years of really liking and listening to music and and having everything kind of molded for you is 11 to like 20 22 you know what i mean where music is the most impressionable on you i have i don't know and it was one of those things that i was excited to hear you guys' opinions on this record i mean i think we all kind of got to the same place but you know we're all from different parts of music you know in terms of like you know how we play if we don't play how we listen you know it's it's interesting to me and and it was it was like this record i gave a c is what i thought the record i thought it was a solid c if it was a lot shorter i might have liked it more i felt like it was too long but i felt like there was enough good little parts that couldn't make me give it any lower than a c so t if you had to give this a grade since you are a teacher, what uh, what grade would you have given this album? I would have given this uh, man, that's tough. I'm looking at the I'm I'm just looking at the track list right now and looking at the times and looking at my notes, and I would give it a B minus C plus. Okay. Like I said I, I don't think it's a great I think it's a good album. It there were grooves on there that got me excited. There were songs that got me excited. Um, but it's not, it's, I think your buddy who said that this is, this could, would have been a good EP. I think he's bang on. Um, this could have been two EPs and, you know, it would have been, it, it might've had, you might've had an A EP and a D minus EP. I don't know. It just, it was, it was a Metallica album. It was just like, okay, you know, I've, I've, I've seen this before. Is yeah, I agree with you. Sign me up for 36 seasons, Steve. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there me, you go. Let me ask you this. So you know how there's a big push for bands to release singles because no one buys music anymore and the 
short attention span world we live in is worse now than before. Um, do you think if they would have... Okay, so let me ask both of you guys this. If they would have released a four-song EP, like they released the four singles, how would you have graded it? And I'll start with Bredo. Well, to me, um, I probably would have graded it. Well, I didn't give a grade on the whole album overall. Um, I'd, I'd fall right in line with you guys as far as C, C plus for the whole thing. I probably am a little bit more generous about it than you are, Eric, but um, not quite to the, the B's like T. So just right in the middle, kind of like everything else here. But um, give me Lux Eterna, Too Far Gone, If Darkness Had a Son, and the title track, and... That's a that's a solid A minus four song EP. I'll take that every day. T. Um, I agree. I might throw. Um, did you say Crown of Barbed Wire? No, I, I skipped on. That. Oh, I might have thrown that in 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 there. Um, Lux Eterna was great. I'd probably go. Yeah, seventy two seasons. Lux Eterna. Yeah, Darkness had a son. Crown of Barbed Wire. Something like that. Um. Yeah, but that you know what? That's a pretty interesting question, E, because um, a lot of the music that I've been listening to lately is from bands, you know, from the 70s and 80s who did exactly that, who did who did a bunch of singles. And um, you know, so, and you get an EP or 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 they put out an album and you look at the album and you go, Well, shit, none of the singles that I've heard on the radio are on this album, you know, and and so um that's a great that's a great point about about comparing that to this um set of tracks let me ask you guys another question um i'll start with you bredo uh your favorite metallica record um i got a soft spot for ride the lightning you and i have had this debate over the years and right. i'm still stuck on ride but Meta um, master of puppets is right there like 1a for me um the record that you don't like and we're not going to count lulu um, the record that the least favorite Metallica record that you have? Least favorite? Um, man, that's so hard. Um, I kind of don't want to count like Death Magnetic or Hardwired. Um, I just, I've never felt the real need to revisit those. Um, so if you want to talk about the ones I revisit least, it'll be the more recent albums. If you go back to classic era, I revisit Kill Em All a whole lot less than anything else, even though there's good stuff there. Uh, T, how about you? Uh, my favorite is Ride the Lightning. Nice. And um, the one you don't like the, the most? Man, I I kind of tapped out at load. Um, you know, it's... it's, would, it's would you it's, say that you were shot by load? Yeah. <laughs> And then I was waiting there on the ground when they reloaded, right? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, and there was a bunch of sane anger afterwards. Um, Strangers, but they just forgot an R. They, <laughs> you know what, though? I, um, so I had this conversation with somebody yesterday because we were talking about U2. The bands, U2 and Metallica, are very similar because you can. we were talking about U2 and how you can break U2 into three eras. The Boy War October Unforgettable Fire U2, the the between Octune Baby and All That You Can't Leave Behind, where they just kind of went super experimental, where I tapped out the first time. Wait, hold and on, then, hold on, you forgot Joshua Tree. Yeah, I would say, where does that go? Oh, Joshua Tree is in the first era. Okay. Um, the good era. Okay. 
Yeah. And then you got the second era, which is like the experimental era. And then you have the era starting with all that you can't leave behind, which is like the quote comeback era. I think you can do the same thing with Metallica. Like you I, have, I don't disagree with you, dude. You have the Kill 'em All Ride Master Justice. I would put Black in the second era, and then I would put the um, Hardwired and um, Death Magnetic, and this one in the third era. I don't, and that's I don't disagree. And then and, just and roll Stranger and Lulu up in a ball and throw them out the window. Throw them out the window. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, and. Like like you said earlier, this band has done enough. They have enough street cred. You, you want to go out and record an album of y'all just like crapping on a wall or something. Somebody's gonna buy it, right? You just you've earned that right. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that um like th- this album kind of sounded how I expected it to sound. It didn't blow the doors off me. It just I it sounded that's and that's why I said like and I wasn't trying to be you know, flipping about it. So I said, this sounds like a Metallica album. It was what I expected. No, I like it. I, um, my favorites master with ride a very close second. Um, and my least favorite Metallica record is, is load because black was like the transition record and load was like, yeah, I don't like Metallica anymore. Like, and to be honest with you, I'm not going to be one of those like hipster. I like love Saint Anger people because the drum tone is so unbelievably atrocious that it's it's yeah. so hard to get into that record. the The DVD they released with that album, um, where Trujillo's playing bass and it doesn't sound like you know trash cans. Um, there's some moments. Uh, I think, like I said, the Midlife Crisis record. That record, uh, James going into rehab, all that other stuff. It's a lot of weird stuff. That's some kind of monster DVD is really interesting to watch, especially if you've ever played in a band because it's there's there's so many. It's it's like the modern day Spinal Tap in a way, you know, like where they have the the guy in the sweaters come in the life coach, and then Lars's dad thinks the whole record sucks, and it's just there's so many modern day Spinal Tap moments in that movie, but it's very um it's very interesting i really enjoyed watching it to be honest with you um but there's some riffs that i just love on saint anger but as a whole it's just so disjointed and i think they should have taken some time i think they should have had robert play bass on the record i think they should have gave james some more time to get acclimated to sobriety and and what he went through to to get to sobriety um before trying that record and i kind of agree with you t there definitely does feel like those you know, it's a, it's a great example of of a, a band lasting that long to do that too, right? And and you're, and you're totally right about that. I um, I don't know. It's it's one of the risks that you really like the part where Lars decided to play that set of drums that's pre set up out behind Seven <laughs> Eleven. So good. I, my favorite Lulu comment in terms of. Uh, in terms of reviews was some guy said it sounds like metallica and a spoken word poet are sharing side-by-side rehearsal rooms and playing at the same time and i was like god that's such a brilliant it, yeah that sounds pretty accurate it's, that's it's not awesome. brilliant it's not wrong and the beautiful thing about music right because you know we probably were pretty hard on metallica today the beautiful thing about music yeah. is there's going to be people that love this record 
You know what I mean? And there's going to be people that absolutely hate this record, right? Um, and, and go ahead. Well, let's let's re- rewind to your question before. Would 48 year old you like Highway to Hell? I mean, look at the three out. Al- look at the albums that we picked as, as our favorite Metallica albums. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and, and you're right, dude, there's going to be somebody who looks at this album and is like, holy shit, this is the greatest album they put out in 25 years. And might be close to the truth. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where like, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, I just thought that was a, a an important thing to, to drop in. Well, no, two, that, can, I, can I touch on two things yeah, right there? Please just do. Kind of piggyback off what he yeah. said. I think that you were right about the whole 11 to 20 something age of where you really develop your, your listening choices and your likes and your dislikes. I also think that there's an age that you reach where you stop being open-minded to newer stuff or you, you really slow down. Like, I don't know if it's because you look at, you know, Oh, a bunch of young people like this. How can it be any good that these people don't know? These kids don't know anything. And you just, just kind of start developing that, naturally the whole get off my lawn syndrome and that might be a part of it why newer music just tends to suck in the minds of a lot of people our age um and then just a a second thought about playing this long and and performing for as long as metallica has to me this is kind of their old man yelling at a cloud album you know they're they're standing out there saying whatever the hell they want to say and playing whatever the hell they want to say and the rest of us, the rest of the world maybe doesn't know what they're yelling about. And it might seem kind of sad to some people. It might seem wonderful to some people, but this is their moment where they're just like, you know what? Screw everybody. I'm going to play and say and sing and do what I want to do on this album. And I'm going to close the album with an 11 song, 11 minute track. And I'm going to put whatever I want to put in here. They're not playing for anybody but themselves. And I respect the hell out of that. Like we talked about in the very beginning of the pod. I wanted to make sure that the listeners understood that it wasn't three guys bashing on Metallica. It was really just kind of giving opinions and stuff that we thought about. And, uh, you know, we all listened to the record separately, all made notes separately. These two guys didn't even know they were going to be on the show together. I really wanted to keep it like that. And, and just for an element of surprise, and I wanted to throw that curveball at you too, about you know how I was feeling about this. I think one of the other things too that's interesting about this is is when you start like um, I don't know, like you have a family or you know work and everything you know you do a lot of. Um, you're not influenced by people your age around you telling you what's cool in terms of like oh this band's awesome or that band's awesome, and I think that's one of the places where. If you're not involved in a music scene per se, it's a lot easier to kind of get left behind. I always think about the, you know, my mom not knowing how to program a VCR, you know, having no idea really how to use a cell phone. And it's just because like a lot of our other friends and stuff didn't do that stuff either. They, they you know, and the us younger kids were like, oh, here you go, mom. This is how you do this. Here you go, mom. Here's how you do this. Or dad, right? You know, my dad still has a flip phone, which is the most ridiculous shit ever. Um, but it, it, what's up, Barry? Well, hey, hey, Barry. Um, <laughs> but I do think that's a big thing because you know we don't have a bunch of us hanging around playing Tecmo, being like, "Hey, did you check this out? Did you check this out?" How many how many bands did you get turned on to from your friends in college or your friends in high school? Where I mean, I remember coming to Reno and 
Jason Beard turned me on to all these cool, like Corrosion. I never listened to Corrosion. I was like, wow, these guys are cool. And um, there was all these bands that people were getting me into, you know, or, you know, like the gateway bands where like you like this band that it turns into this. And then here's the other thing to think about, right? So if you're going up the tree of metal or, or any type of music you're listening to, alternative, whatever you're doing, um, is it hard to go back to the stuff that you started on? You know what I mean? So like if, if, if I'm listening to Metallica in high school, right, eighth grade, seventh grade probably, and I'm just into Metallica and they're putting out, you know, they put out, you know, was it, I started listening to them at garage days and then Justice comes out and then Black comes out. I'm like, eh, okay, you know, and then by the time Black comes out after that in 92, 90, 91, 92, I'm listening to more Megadeth, like Peace Cells and Rust in Peace, and I'm listening to Cowboys from Hell and Vulgar Display. I'm listening to Testament. I'm listening to Anthrax Among the Living, you know, uh, Slayer, you know, South of Heaven. Like there's, I, I feel like I'm going up more the ladder of, I, you could say more extreme metal or just pushing the envelope more. Is it harder to come back and listen to the stuff that you started on because of that elevation? And I'll start with you, T. I don't think it's harder to do that. I think it's, I actually think it's easier. And I'm looking at that from, I'm doing that exact same thing right now with a lot of the music that I like is I'm like, oh, well, look at this. And and you start just like going through catalogs or going through, you know, oh, I like this one. I, like, like, okay, so when I was growing up, I was a huge Duran Duran guy. Love love listening to their music, right? So what I've been doing recently is uh, is it's like, oh, well, these guys kind of sound like Duran Duran, or these guys put out records when Duran Duran put out records. Let me let me listen to those things. So I don't think it's harder to go back to it. I think it makes it. I think it makes it easier. I think it makes you a. I think it makes you appreciate more. I I'm I still like the Duran Duran I listen to, but now I mean I got a gang of four poster now in my room because I really like what they sound like. You know, I bought every album by the jam now because I really like how they sound. Um, you know, it's, it's, it just broadens your horizons, man. I just think it makes it, makes it better for you. It doesn't no, keep you like siloed into a band. But I mean, like what I'm trying to say, and that's a really good point, but what I'm trying to say is like every time Metallica released a new album, I feel like, I was listening to heavier stuff and stuff that was progressing more. And I felt like I, I, I couldn't connect with them. Like I was connecting with bands in the early nineties, mid nineties, you know, corn tool, you know, white zombie, those type of stuff. And Metallica seemed like they were going in the other direction compared to those bands. That's what I mean. If that makes sense. I think what you're talking. I think what you're talking about here. Help me out, B. Is yeah. Is it is it hard to go back to say Def Leppard once you've popped your Pantera cherry? <laughs> That's a great way to put it, by the way. Well, he's 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 you know he's he's angling for the soccer moms again. Yeah, uh, my bad. Had to had to throw that out. But but you see what I'm saying though, right? Like you know, like for me, High and Dry is a perfect record. I love that record. I can listen to High and Dry all day long. But you start putting me into later Def Leppard, can't really do it, right? I can say the same thing about Metallica. 
I can say the same thing about a lot of the bands that I liked. And I'm wondering is, is it because my tastes are changing more that it's hard for me to go back to those bands when they release something new? Maiden is an example that, that nullifies that statement. Because I think when Bruce came back and Adrian came back and they did Brave New World and I, th- I thought Maiden was like, wow, this is actually where they just kind of left off almost, you know, minus No Prayer for the Dying, right? Like if they would have put that record out after Seventh Son, it'd be like, wow, that's, yes, perfect. So Maiden's kind of one of those exceptions for me, but that's what I kind of mean by that, if that makes sense to both of you. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I feel about 72 Seasons to tie this back in, is if they'd released 72 Seasons after Black, instead of load and gone that direction, I think you'd have been all over it 28 years ago. You would have, you'd have been like this album bangs. This is where they should have gone instead of going through black. And you would have totally missed out on the load reload stranger and all that other stuff. And I think maybe because they had all that stuff in between black and now, maybe you're a little harsher on this album than you would have been 28 years ago. Does it hurt? Does it hurt them? taking so long in between albums as they as they get older yes and no a any momentum they get after an album goes away completely so that they they didn't capitalize on all the good vibes from hardwired for example before they release this album because it's been so long on the other hand this is also an opportunity for them to reintroduce themselves not only to their old fans but to new fans people who might not have heard them before which when you look at, uh, if you go onto YouTube and you pull up these out al- the album, they did a video for every single song on the album in Smart. different styles, different styles, different methods, different, you know, pr- presentations. And there's an anime looking video on there. There's the same kind of old school kind of one feeling video on there. There's what <laughs> some other YouTubers might just throw lyrics on the top of it and make it a lyric video. I mean, there's of the, all the different songs, I mean, the 12 different songs, there's 12 different video styles. And that's really cool. And that grabs the kids that are on YouTube right now and be like, hey, what's this Metallica band I'm just now hearing about? And I haven't, you know, hey, dad's playing Metallica in the garage. What's he talking about? Oh, they got a new album. Let's check this out. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to like YouTube, for example, and they're going to see these videos. So it's an opportunity. And they wouldn't have been able to do that had they released this album directly after Hardware. Let me ask you this. Both of you. What's I'll up, ask, I'll ask T this first. If you're 15 years old right now, do you like do you like this record? Um, I'm 15 years old, and I'm asking you this because you teach a bunch of high school kids. So, can you picture a bunch of high school kids that you teach liking this record? Um, no. Okay. You know what Great. they're listening to? Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say, so, you know what? You know what? A, a lot of kids kids that I have are listening to hip hop, the Smiths. No, seriously. Sure. Really? That's, that's yes. your fault, dude. That's your fault. Yeah. Probably that might be your joy fault. division. No, that's it, it. Look, it could be my fault, but they're, they're, they're <laughs> listening to that. I don't know of hardly anybody that's come up to me and go, Hey, have you heard the new Metallica? Okay. Bredo. I have a 15 year old daughter. She will not listen to this. That that's about as much proof positive as I need. However, you also need to consider that Miley Cyrus, who's been around for a while now, just celebrated like her 12th week at number one with flowers. So it's a completely different style. It's completely different. 
and had if dad doesn't introduce her to it she's not going to even know about it so well let me ask what's the demographic what's the demographic for this album yeah i immediately thought of the guy who was on your podcast who said that nine that that later metallica was better than early metallica bingo how about you bredo yeah i mean it's it's aimed at old heads who want a little nostalgia because of how much of the previous 30 something years of material they kind of combined for a lot of this album and it's also aimed at people who appreciate the things that they've been doing since loading yeah great point uh your question t that you're gonna throw at me well i was gonna ask you what you thought i know that i was gonna say what what's your sense of the black album like what grade would you give the black album and then if if this album came out right after the black album what would you think about it Good question. Real quick, I have not had a single student asked to be taught anything off this record. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so I exactly remember where I was when I heard Enter Sandman. I heard it on the radio, had the, had the tape deck ready to hit record and play, was talking to somebody on the phone. I said, I'll call you back in six minutes. DJ plays the song. I listen. I go, hmm. That's not really the Metallica I know. Okay. Bought the record anyway. It came out. Saw that tour four times. Because um, you got to remember they're playing so much off the old album. The albums. And I'm, you know. And, and I'd never seen them before. They put on a great show back then. It was really, really cool. They still put on a good show from what I see. Um, I, I think I would have given that record like a C plus B minus. To be honest with you, I felt like it was a record that was too long. Okay. I feel like I grew up on eight song Metallica, nine song Metallica albums, really, to be honest with you. And this one, I felt like there wasn't enough material on the black album that was strong enough to warrant. A, is it a 12 song record? I think it's I think 11. 11 or 12. Is I it 12? Yeah, it's 12. I, I, Bredo the historian will know for sure. You're right. I'm sorry. Bredo the historian does know. It's 12 songs. I, and shameless I, plug for the pod. Everybody wants to go back to the beginning of this pod. We did an album review of that for the 30-year anniversary. We absolutely did. We And it's a really fun one, too, so you guys should check that one out. Um, and that's, that's why I'm not going to give a grade for what I think of it now because I'm going to probably contradict myself. Uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, B minus, B minus, C plus for me when it came out. Um, and then you said the other part of the question was if, 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 that, if, that, if uh, 72 Seasons came out right after the Black Album, what would I give it? Yeah. Um. Probably the same grade. I, I think mean, I would have been not- a little more stoked. Oh, here's one other thing, guys, no. that I want I wanted to talk about. I'm glad I remember remembered it right before we stopped this conversation. No ballads on this on this album. None whatsoever. Um, and I have not kept up with Metallica like I should have. I don't know if that's the first record. I, I'm pretty sure there's no ballady songs on Saint Anger. I can't remember Death Magnetic. I can't remember. Um, and I can't remember Hardwired if they had a ballad on there at all. But that's the one thing I think would have got me excited about this record a little bit more. I, I'll say, you know what? I'll give Black a C plus and 72 Seasons a B minus because there was no ballads. And I felt like Black is a little ballady heavy. 
and and territory they did not get into. I know Fade to Black is a ballad, but Fade to Black was a pretty heavy ballad towards the end. Um, yeah, I think I would be a little stoked as a 18-year-old me if they put this record out right after the Black Album. That would be my opinion. Do you guys care to chime in on that? About how I would have graded it back then if that's when they released it? Yeah. Okay, see, now I was higher on the Black Album than you were. Right. And I've made mention of it before. It was kind of a gateway for me. Right. And I appreciate it for that. Had this album come out after I had discovered some older Metallica, I would have probably been pretty excited about it. And I would have probably rated it a little bit higher than you did, maybe um, B plus, A minus. Interesting. Uh, how about you, T? I would have been excited about it because, like, like Bredo said, Black was my gateway into into that genre too. And so, um, if I would heard Black, if if I'd played Black, and then two years later, it's like, hey, here's seventy two seasons. I'd be like, oh, this, this is pretty good. I see, I see what's going on here. it's cool that you asked that question because I think that question is an interesting one, especially when Bredo brought up that it feels like that, like what should have came after black, you know what I mean? In a way or how I would have kind of hoped it would have. I think that, I think it's a great question. Um, Final thoughts on the record or anything else just in general on this conversation. We'll start off with Bredo. Man, I miss when Metallica was musically interesting with time changes and tempo changes within songs and not just the same mid-tempo on and on droning stuff. They got into that in load and in a lot of ways it never left. And that's what makes this album kind of unfortunate for me. Um, It's just, I think the band is a little too insular and insulated. They don't have a whole lot of outside opinions and influences and that's by design. I mean, it, it definitely protects the band. It keeps them going the way they want to go and good for them. But I, I kind of go back to, um, so you must burn. They didn't earn the exclamation point on that song. You know, the time <laughs> it's, it, I'm serious. It's, there's no drive. There's no punch in the chorus. Every time he says, let it burn, it kind of feels limp. Um, they maybe should have exchanged the exclamation point for an ellipsis and changed the title to this album to et cetera. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, T. Um, I think you guys, I think you guys have done a great job of summarizing this album. I, like I said, I thought it was a Metallica album. It's exactly what I expected it to be. Um, but th- the question that I would ask is if we still have radio in 20 years, and the DJ has to play Metallica song, are they going to play it off of this album or are they going to play it off of another album? And I, I think the question 99 times or the answer 99 times out of 100 is another album. I completely agree with you. Uh, I think, yeah, I completely agree with you. I can't even, Lex Eterna would be the one that might might sneak in 20 years later if we have radio. I totally agree with you on that. Um, but, but there's so much stuff that... Uh, there's so they have such a back catalog of songs that we've heard way too much that I think will just kind of still be there. And we're like, you're nothing else matters. Your, your master puppets, your inner Sandman, um, you're unforgiven. 
Uh, Bredo, you had your hand up like you were in class. Yeah, I did because, you know, Mr. Alvarado brought up a great point. Um, in a year and four months now, next August, I'm going to go see Metallica up in Seattle. Got tickets already. I'm going to go do the back-to-back thing. I'm going to go to both nights. And as I was listening to this, I was keeping in mind what songs off of this album would I expect them to play at that show? You know, it's there's not really like a single that there's going to be it's going to be driving the radio in that time. So they're going to pretty much play what they want. And they've talked about no repeating songs between nights. So what off of this album is going to be played? And with that in mind, I could only hear like maybe three or four, but it also kind of explained a lot of the mid-tempo stuff because it's easier to play. It's easier to sing. And it's going to give them a little more longevity when they're playing all these live shows with no repeating songs. So maybe that's an explanation. So you're going in August of this year or August of next year? 24. August of 24. 24. So they're not – are they touring this summer, though, aren't they? Oh, or yeah. No? They're, they're already touring, but the Seattle shows aren't until next year. They've and, already and got everything scheduled sta- out that Stadium? Far. Stadium, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you will hear five to six songs off this record. I will bet you money. Which ones? Um, I, you know what? You're going to hear, obviously, if they're doing – I think you hear Lux No, wait, they're not playing the same songs twice? Yeah, the, each night is going to be completely different. No repeating songs in each set. You might hear this whole album. Yeah. I'm, dead, I'm dead serious. You might hear this whole album if that's yeah. the case. Because I'll tell you something right now. If they're really into this record, um, you're going you're gonna to hear it. Every, every time I've seen Metallica, when they've toured a record you've heard a decent amount of that record. Like when I saw them on black, they did, I saw them back to back in um, the Meadowlands and I'm pretty sure they did six songs off the black album, maybe seven. I'm almost positive. I know one night they switched um, through the never with a wolf and man, but I can tell you right now, you're, you probably hear all 12 or 11. Is there 11 songs on this record? How many songs are on this record? 12. 12. I bet you you hear all 12. Because I bet you they play the weird 11-minute song I can't pronounce. I bet you they play that one, one of the nights. You're definitely going to hear 72 Seasons, and I bet you hear I bet you hear that open one of the shows. I bet that's an opener for one of the shows. You're going to hear Lux Eterna for sure. Um, if Darkness Had a Sun, you're going to hear that. That's a strong chorus one. Screaming Suicide, you're going to hear. I bet you hear all four singles. So it, So... I, yeah, I'm going to say you hear all 12 songs within those two days. I'd, I'd bet it. And I bet they I bet they lean on black. I bet they lean on black puppets, this one, and load. That's my guess. You know, with, guess. with like sprinkles of, of, of some of the other, other records, you know, especially because they're going to play. You think they're going to do about 20 songs a night? I would guess, yeah. Somewhere around there, unless they do longer, longer tunes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's 40 songs you'll hear probably. 38 to 42 songs, let's say, in that ballpark. You'll hear this whole record. I bet. And then we'll have you on the podcast next August to uh, to give us the report on how the shows went. And then, so you have no idea who your openers are. Or, or are they still going to be Pantera? and? Uh, yeah, they're already scheduled. It's going to be Pantera, Mammoth, and uh, two others. Oh yeah, who do you? Who else do you have? 
I forget. There's some. I, I don't remember. It's a year and a half from now. So, but Pantera and out. Pantera and Wolfgang Mammoth are on the same night, right? One of the one of the shows. Yeah. Right, and then the other night, I want to say it's like Five Finger Death Punch is somebody else. I, I, I think. I, I think that's what. I think that the Five Fingers is on the on the tour right now, but I I think it might be the overseas part. I'm not sure. Interesting. I thought I saw their, I thought I saw their names around somewhere. I think it's going to be really interesting the night that you have uh, Great Value Pantera and uh, and Wolfgang. I, I'm very interested to get the tour report on that. Scamtera. Re- What'd you say? Scamtera. Scamtera. <laughs> Cash grab on Terra. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very interested in that. Uh, gentlemen, we could talk all night, and you know that. Um, mm-hmm. And I really appreciate both of you guys being on the show tonight. It's... Uh, it's a lot of fun to talk about this record. Um, it was interesting to hear kind of where you guys were at with it. I'm really glad that you entertained my question about, you know, talking talking about how, how you hear music differently and, 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 you know, for me, does it ruin it for me more where I don't give bands chances as much as I should. The other thing I want to ask real quick before we go, and we're going after this, I promise. Did you... When you went to listen to this record, did you listen to it in the frame of mind that you were going to listen to a Metallica record? Either one. Go ahead, go ahead, T. Yeah, you go, T. Yeah, I thought it was, I was like, okay, this is going to be a Metallica album. I'm ready. Okay, so you weren't like in a Depeche Mode I, mood and then trying to listen to this record. Like you literally were like, I know I'm going to listen to a Metallica record. I'm going to put myself in that mind frame, right? I didn't. This was... I was up really early. I was up at four something and I turned this album on at five. And this is the only thing that I've listened to. Wow. Holy crap. So, um, yeah, everything was everything. I, I, I switched from a YouTube mode yesterday to Metallica today. And when, and you were in the YouTube mode when you listened for the other podcast you're going to be on, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, Bredo. Yeah. I went about it a different way. I was, I was kind of like our buddy, Tom. Sup, Tom. And, I didn't know if I was going to ever listen to the whole thing all the way through. I was kind of excited about it. I was, I heard a couple of the first singles and thought, you know, it's, it's okay for what it is. I like some of the stuff that's there. Lux Eterna is actually a really good song. And the more I hear it, the more I like it, which is cool. But I wasn't like in a hurry to listen to it. And then you brought up the idea of the pod and I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to listen to it. So I went into it with a Metallica mood. But I didn't like hammer on the album. I listened to it spread out over a couple of different days and took my time making notes on the songs and just kind of really gave it a good solid listen. And then today, listen back to it again, front to back, without stopping, without taking notes, just to confirm my feelings on it the first time. Okay. And we know you're going to listen to it again, T. You said it earlier in the podcast. Breda, Mm -hmm. will you listen to this record again? Uh, Front to back, no. I'm going to listen to songs here and there. Maybe um, I, the thing about the album to me is that very few of them really stood out to the point where I would have this drive to revisit them. I agree. And to leave it to this, the main reason I put together mixtapes was to get people listening to music again, you know, to appreciate music, trying to find reasons to find new music or go back and listen to some stuff that you liked um, all that stuff, I think, is important. Having discussions, especially ones that are, I don't, I don't want to say productive, but productive is a good word, but just 
good intelligent discussions is really why I wanted this podcast. Um, one of the main reasons I put it together. Um, I challenge both of you guys and any of the listeners to do this. I'm going to go and re-listen to Death Magnetic, um, Hardwired, and this record. And I'm going to try to make a mixtape, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> of, of those three albums. And I'm going to see if I can fill up 12 songs that I actually would listen to as a newer Metallica listener and see if I can actually get 12 that I know I could do that with. All killers, no fillers if possible. I, I, I challenge anyone listening to the podcast and you guys both to do the same thing. And, and, and see, what you, see what you can come up with. And I'll put that out as a, a Spotify playlist too. I think it'd be kind of fun. So that's that, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. I super enjoyed the conversation as always. And uh, I learned a lot. And hopefully the listeners learned a lot. And hopefully you guys learned some stuff, man. So make sure you're safe. And, uh, and thanks for coming on, okay? Thanks, Eve. Take care, buddy.